What is going on, everybody? I hope you all staying warm because we are under like four or five inches of snow at the moment uh, up here in northern Ohio. It's cold outside, man. Eesh. And just uh, I think we're supposed to be getting. I would I would say getting down to like four degrees tomorrow. Something you know, something a little brisk, a little brisk, not too bad. But uh, but yeah, it's really cold. So everybody listening on the west coast and down south or something, I hope you guys are warm. You know, try not to break too much of a sweat. You know, hope it's like you know seventy two degrees, nice. Ah, oh, it sounds nice. I tell my I I tell myself that every time it snows, man. It's nice somewhere. Somebody's having a good time. I don't mind the snow. I really don't. I don't mind like shoveling. I don't mind, but. I, a shorter period of time would be nice. Well, I just need to stop complaining and just move somewhere else, maybe. Somewhere a little warmer. But, I don't know, man. I like the Midwest. I like the seasons. It's fun. It's joyous. I have a good time. I don't know. I complain about it, but then, you know, I try not to complain about it. Because in the middle of summer, I'm going to be hot as balls, and I'm going to try not to complain then, too, because then it's hot. So I just try not to complain. I'll talk about it, but I try, try not to complain. Uh, anyway, I hope everybody out there is doing good. I hope you all are having uh, having fun, staying safe, being yourselves, playing some paintball, wherever you are. But, uh, yeah, thanks for joining me. Thanks for being here. And uh, get into our sponsors of the podcast. So I'm sure everybody has heard of, uh, of these, these two sponsors before. I just want to say before I go into the read that uh, very grateful for, uh, for these two companies you know, you know, backing me, helping out the podcast and myself, um, being a part of this whole journey. It is much appreciated and uh, very, very grateful for it. So a little precursor to uh, to the ad. So but I mean, that's I, I love it because we all have to we're all in this together. Right. And I'm saying this as a paintball community. We help each other grow. Um, we grow from within. And that's that's how we that's how we do it. And I'm just very grateful. So much appreciated. Uh, so big thank you goes to Charm City Paintball. Um, like I said before, guys, Mike has been pumping out all kinds of amazing headgear, uh, whether it be a headband or a head wrap, or uh, I know he's done some pack bands for myself in the past, but he hand makes all of these amazing, amazing pieces of art, uh, I would say. They're all custom made. They are usually in batches of 10 or less. But uh, but they also each one is man is, is one of one. It's uh, it's really cool. It's really great. Um, he's down in Florida, so he's usually at some events down there. He'll have uh, he'll have things in hand. But if you are not in Florida, you can always hit him up on Facebook or Instagram. You can see all of his new work, um, whether it be the the new camo patterns as he, that he's finding or the patterns that he's making himself with dyes and and other mad laboratory kind of things that he's doing 
make sure you check them out and uh, and give them a little shout out. So much pre a much appreciated, Mike. Another big uh, proponent, proponent, uh, advocate, sponsor of the podcast. That's Melavio. Uh, I've been using CBD heavily uh, ever since I've been introduced to it uh, in person by uh, the company Melavio themselves, and they are uh, paintball enthusiasts and have been playing for a while. And are they sponsor teams and they help uh, they help teams out whether it be pro teams, local teams, uh, players, or from around the world. They have they have helped and made product for, and uh, and it's great, man. I I really enjoy it. I have uh, proclaimed on this podcast many a time that I use their salves on uh, on achy joints. I use the flower to kind of uh, chill my anxiety at night. And it has really, really helped out um, in all aspects, really. And uh, I am uh, I'm very grateful to uh, to be able to team up with uh, with Melavio. And also, if you guys are looking at anything on their website, when you get to your order in the cart, make sure you add the promo code capital T P O P for fifteen percent off your entire order. So uh, that's a little treat for your treats. So big shout out. Thank you, uh, Melavio.com. That's M-E-L-L-O-V-E-O dot com. All right, my guest today is uh, the the voice himself. I say it in the podcast, but this man, his voice is burned into my brain for the simple fact that it it just it stood out. He the way he worded things. Um, in all of these trauma head videos, just, it, it made me smile. It 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 made me uh, want to watch more paintball content, more videos, and uh, and really become obsessed and addicted to uh, the game itself. So uh, so yeah, man, it, it was uh, it was really fun talking to him and, and hearing everything. So uh, I'm sure you're gonna like it. So here it is. Here's a podcast with Mr. Danny Manning. Thank you, first off, for actually doing the podcast. I appreciate it, man. I know we talked before, and um, and I even said, I think, in podcasts back when I first started, I wanted I wanted you to do it, and finally, I was able to able to get a hold of you and uh, get her going. Right on. It takes me a little bit to pin me down. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> That's right, man. But uh, but thank you for for uh, for sitting down. I I uh, I just first off, I want to say besides. Besides Maddie Marshall, I want to say before Maddie Marshall, for me, you were like the voice of like paintball for me, like the the whole the trauma head series and everything like that, and the way you narrated everything, I I absolutely loved, and I I was a, a giant fan right off the get, and I think it was cool because the way you guys even filmed was. Um, you, you gave a, a, a pretty broad perspective of not only the action happening, but then also you guys did the, the, the big pan out, right, of the field. Mm-hmm. And and you were able to kind of get the concept of, of it wasn't just action all the time. You got positions and you got all this stuff kind of collapsed in one. Um, I know that was a lot, but I, I want to 
I want to know everything. I want to know from the beginning where it came from, the the logo. I, I, I want to I want to dive into that because Trauma Head for me really was a uh, a huge part of the beginning of me falling in love uh, with paintball. As soon as I discovered Trauma Head and the videos and everything, it just made me that much more obsessed with the game itself. And and uh, and so so what are your involvements in and how did Trauma Head come about? <laughs> So basically, we uh, we wanted to play paintball. We did play paintball, and we basically wanted to show raw footage. We wanted to show games, uh, showed how it was basically as raw as we could. And back then, it was as cheap as we could. We were running on a shoestring budget. Mm-hmm. And back then, I thought it was the good boys deal. If you didn't have a lot of bread and you weren't in with the big boys i mean you know they wouldn't uh, it was a lot of push and shove for jeff first of all jeff gallatin is trauma head sports he's mm-hmm. the one who started it he's the one who put the put the ideas together uh me and him set a course in my in my house and came up with tons of ideas and tons of things to do uh for it <clears throat> but basically we wanted to show raw paintball uh, no docudramas, mm-hmm. uh, just just footage, and then whatever little in betweens that we could. But the whole idea to Trauma Head was was to give you something to see yourself playing at the maybe the next event. Right. Uh, and, and I think maybe back then, maybe I was a little bit too too uh, envious, or but I thought you know uh, if I knew their names, I would say their names. I, I thought, well, maybe that's the first time for me. A lot of people would have heard their name on anything, let alone a DVD or anything where they could take back home. And, and back then, of course, it was VHS, man. So they were <laughs> yeah. grabbing those tapes. They, <laughs> they, would, they would swamp the booth. They couldn't wait for the next episode to come out. And, uh, and Jeff would make it happen, you know. Uh, and like I said, you know, editing, Jeff did all of that and just sat down. We would watch hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage of that whole weekend to try to edit it down to a, you know, a good DVD that was going to be, you know, an hour, 20 hour, 30 minutes long and give you plenty of something to watch. But, you know, we were all starting from the beginning. Jeff was, was new at it. I was new at it. Of course, he just wanted me there because, I basically made him laugh. <laughs> so uh, it was it was a good time. Trauma Head, to me, I wanted to make people famous, basically. And yeah. that's what I wanted to do. I didn't care about anything else. As long as uh, I could maybe go out and see the world, play a little paintball, put myself on some games, I was stoked. <laughs> so were you guys, I mean, how far into your career of – I say career, but I think everybody has like a career of paintball because I, I mean, there's so much time and dedication to the game. No matter if you were getting paid for it or or not, I feel like everybody had a career timeline of paintball just because you've invested, you've invested time and, and blood, sweat, and tears. Everybody has. I, I believe every level. Um, so, what at what point in time uh, of you playing paintball did did Trauma Head come about? Uh, so. I I tell you this is how I I started and it and it kind of started from there. I used to play disc golf, 
And uh, I was going to play one day in the afternoon in a tournament, and a woman ran me over. It broke my back. <laughs> oh, my God. Literally. It was like you literally were playing. I was going to play disc golf, and I, that's all I did. I didn't even know. I didn't know anything about any other uh, paintball or any uh, other. I knew every other sport. Yeah. But I was a 23-year-old boy. But anyhow, I got hit on a motorcycle, and it broke my back. Oh, and uh, I was in Duke Spine Center, and I met someone basically there in that area. And he would tell me if I got off my ass and got better that I'd, he would take me to play paintball. And so about 10 months later, 10 and a half months later, I left out of there uh, walking, oh basically. And the first chance I got, I took he took me to play paintball. And uh, it was like pump, of course. They all had a couple of like F1 illustrators or something like that. And then I had a pump. And I was so eager to get out there and do it. Dude, I ran out of air. I pumped the barrel full of balls. They could see the ball stuck at the end of my barrel and just walk up to me and shoot me. And uh, so the next weekend, of course, I went. Uh, maybe like two weekends later, I think I went. And I bought an F1 Illustrator. And we had a paintball shop. It was in North Carolina in Fuquay. Uh, and I bought a gun from there. We went and played a couple times. And we played some a team. And they... I was going to have a good time. They lit us up with auto mags, dude. Ugh. Like, I mean, they bloodied us. And so I felt like, geez, I got to get one of those. A couple <laughs> weeks later, I had an auto mag. And, uh, and basically, that was in like 1994. So it was only a couple years. And we went and played in the Napsas, that, the 10 mans in, in Illinois. It, and it's a good tournament. It was a good tournament back then because it gave you these giant ass rings. And Farside was the king of those rings. Yeah. Uh, so we went and we won. We won 10 man. And from that time of coming back from there, I sat and talked with Jeff. And he's like, dude, I'd like to do some videos of this. So it kind of started from there. And so is Jeff we, on the team? At, no. On his team with you at the Jeff, So Jeff was this cat who <laughs> would come to the paintball field on his motorcycle, man. And he bought all of his gear on his backpack. He'd cruise on his motorcycle, get out, gear up, <laughs> play all day long, kick ass, get on his motorcycle, <laughs> go home. And uh, and I kind of met him from the field. And uh, I came back and we were just talking about it, you know, and he got a little bit more involved with our local team and stuff. And from there, it just evolved. And he's like, dude, let's do something, you know, let's let's uh, let's start some videos together, you know, let's do this. And and he basically did it himself. He generated all the little cameras and everything that we needed because we were just going on our budget. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's how it worked out for us. And it ended up working out good, you know. Uh, Jeff was always the leader, basically. It's easy to lead, and I think, in anything. It's super ass hard to follow, dude. Yeah. Uh, and Jeff was for sure a leader. And being able to bring you footage from just a couple cameras and make it pretty interesting to watch you know like i said and you said earlier trauma head was a lot of people's first view of paintball to be able to say hey what is this mm -hmm. it, was, it was awesome for us i thought when it came out of the woods and went into the open i thought jeff would you know it really make it a difference for us but to bank a difference, I think you have to have a, like a full field setup, painting cameras from one angle to the other, from one whole entire side of the field. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When people 
try to video from both sides, you lose it because when you start edi- editing footage from the other side, it looks like the team switch in. You right. understand? And so it's it's a little it's a little tricky. I mean, you know, he got around it. You know, we made some good stuff, and I'm kind of stoked about doing it, dude. Uh, a lot of times we would just sit back and uh, and edit those. Dude, just get. I mean, I just get baked set in the basement <laughs> we watched the video like 10 different times and yeah. then rewind it and then edit then talk about it you know and mm-hmm. little by little it got a little bit easier for me when jeff would let me relax and kind of get loose and i think that's what made it a little bit better you know when mm-hmm. when avery jenkins he he came and did a few episodes with us but you know, Rich Telford was my, you know, maybe my compadre on some real good, real good commentating. You know, at the time when at the end when I when I felt like Jeff was really making his best videos and then gave us the best stuff to talk about, you know, so it yeah. ended up looking good. Yeah, well, I remember I remember Rich uh, hearing Rich's voice out there, too. And, you know, it wouldn't have been the same without you. That's 100% sure, man. If The videos definitely would not have been the same if if you didn't hear, and there he goes getting ripped in the back, the brimstone player. You know what I mean? That's right. Like, I tried to, I, I loved it, dude. It was it was amazing because you brought – not only did you did – you, you explained it in a way where people could follow and be entertained, but also paintball – you used paintball terminology in in the same language. You know what I mean? So, right. and, 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 but you also brought color to it, which was, which was awesome. Dude, um, that's home, that's homegrown, man. That's homegrown <laughs> paintball right there, brother. <laughs> it, it was great. <laughs> it was great. Um, now when you and Jeff were kind of starting to collab and he was starting to talk about doing a video series, was this something that was just, when you guys were talking, was it just going to be at like the local level, like at a local no. paintball field? Or yeah. did you guys know about the, the national tournaments at the time? And he's like, let's go do that. That's what oh, I want yeah. to Yeah, that's what we chased, dude. That's what we chased. We chased all the MPPLs or PSPs mm-hmm. at that time. That's what we did. And so I, I think maybe the first one was uh, Pittsburgh of 95, maybe. The 95 MPPL or the 96 MPPL Pittsburgh I think that's where Jeff kind of broke out, and that's where I know if you can remember Aftershock was there. Uh, I mean, of course, all the teams were there, mm-hmm. but a lot of the straight, real close-up footage was of Aftershock. A lot of the All Americans, and and uh, and Jeff was just kind of wanting to get a roundabout of everybody. That's when Bobby was, had, was of course, had teams, and it, it was it was uh, it was just a lot of ten-man team paintball, that, and <laughs> yeah. that's what started it all, of course, and. And so that's what he was chasing. That's what he wanted to do. Our idea or his idea was to make a video, edit it, make it something for someone to see or buy. The next time we have got together, the next event, someone would be able to have it and see what the last event looked like. And that was kind of what he wanted to do. And so we did it pretty much. So it was a it was a business venture. I mean, not obviously not in it to make you know, a ton of money, but at least a break even, right? But but also to to bring something to the paintball platform that was there was obviously a void at the time, and um, you guys being able to do this, I mean, I know how geeked I 
got when I saw like pictures of myself, let alone video of myself. Um, right. You know, even as an amateur player. So you guys being able to bring that out because it wasn't just pros that you guys were recording. You guys were filming and, and doing divisional games. You were doing amateur games. You were doing pro games. And it's funny because I, I started watching a couple on YouTube and uh, and a bunch another one started popping up and another one. I was like, Oh, I remember that game. Oh, I remember watching this video. I remember yeah. that one. I remember that one. Well, I think it was because we always thought the amateurs were the future to the pros. Right. You know, they, I mean, then I thought the pros were everything. You understand? Like my, my uh, image of the pros were the all Americans were aftershock were, were the, uh, were, uh, Bobby, you know, those, the Ironmen, those guys had new jerseys every tournament. They mm-hmm. had free guns. They got everything new. Do you understand? They yeah. got everything. And I felt like that's what you saw in the magazines because that's what sponsors want to see. They want to see their players in magazines and big companies want to get them in there. So I thought, even from the very beginning, if we videoed amateurs and straight, you know, whoever's out there getting down, basically, when we edit those games and Jeff is going through hundreds of games and he finds them, he's like, dude, look at this. It's, you know, I mean, Arsenal B versus somebody and somebody you are like, geez, yeah, that, you know, the booger bottom rednecks and <laughs> you wouldn't believe this game that unfolds. These guys are killing yeah. each other and, and so that's how it ended up being that way. You know, I thought that I would give them some amount of love and the amount of amateur players that we video that we saw come through the ranks that are just phenomenal players right now that we videoed when they were kids yeah. or interviewed them when they were kids from J-Rab to Ollie to any of them. We have them when they're young ass kids on interviews telling us what they're thinking about paintball and everything before anybody else was doing that to them. Well, the, it was the mid '90s, right? Like the or the mid to late '90s when you saw the the crops of the younger kids coming into this this man's game, right? That's, that's um, right. Because I didn't enter the game until around 2001, 2002, um, and by that, there you know, dynasty was pretty much established. Uh, you know, you have the, all these younger guys who are coming in, some playing on aftershock. I mean, they're 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 scattered throughout. But it's a lot. It, the, the game is turning younger. Um, well, of course it was. If you look back then, even Rennick was like went and shot Kenny Clamper or mm-hmm. anybody, you know, young guys. They were out. Marcus there, Nielsen, I think, I believe at the time, Marcus, too. Exactly. And, you know, he, uh, Danny Love, just, he, he hated Marcus, man. Do you really? Understand? <laughs> I mean, he yeah, he, you know, he, he wanted to kill Marcus. Uh, I don't know but, why. Marcus seems like such a, a down-to-earth, natural, oh, uh, yeah. just understandable yeah. person. Oh, yeah, he's the dream, man. You know, uh, I heard him say recently that paintball wouldn't live without him. You know, it couldn't, it couldn't go without him. So, Ooh, that's uh, a bold statement. A mighty bold, my man. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you haven't been stabbing people for a while, you know, and you're just living the dream. Uh, that's, yeah, a big, that's a big-time statement. But, yeah, I, I think Trauma uh, Head made a, made a door for a lot of people to come in and, you know, be able to see their self, be able to – check some other stuff out on, you know, and kind of see what was up in paintball. Yeah. You know, dude, show it, their family. They can take it home. They can yep. show all their friends they went to school with, what they do on the weekends and where they've been spending all their damn money and all that. 
yeah, my parents were definitely interested in where all my money was going. Uh, especially, I do this thing where I would, I would, I was working at the paintball field. Actually, uh, being a paintball referee was my first job at at Toledo Indoor. So I was, I was refing initially when I was like six, 16 years old. I was refing at the paintball field, and I was playing after we played. And then I was also practicing with the team. Well, eventually practicing. So I was playing paintball and surrounded by paintball like forever. And my parents were always like, uh, okay, well, you have this job. Uh, one, why are you asking us for gas money? And and two, you need to go shower or something. Because I was just constantly just playing paintball. And I was just a dirty old little kid. But um, like I would, I would write off cases of paint just to play and I would you know I would be coming home late because I'd be staying afterwards I'd be playing paintball and playing with all the refs and the, and the guys out of there it was amazing man and I think that's you know to bring it back to trauma head it was it, it you know like I talked about before it really kind of started encompassing my whole like world in the very beginning because I think at one point this we all uh, have this obsession with the game right and I think that's what draws everybody in and when that starts to happen and then you now you throw in a medium that you don't have because there was no social media. So it was like it was like magazines. It was videos. And it was you just being at a paintball field where they have like the uh, the uh, the manufacturers like pamphlets and stuff for or brochures, whatever the hell they're called. Right. Um, you were like seeing if you're in there and then the magazines and everything. But but now having a video that you can go back and you can watch. And then, like you said, have your name uh, be read off or you see a, like you get a glimpse of a move that you just did. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I did that. Or, you know, God forbid shooting anybody on there. You're like, right. <sighs> Hundreds of times I've went into paintball fields all over and they're playing trauma head videos on their TV in a paintball shop. Dude, you that's know? where it was, man. I, I remember <laughs> I was, like I had this coveted uh, the you guys had clear stickers. It was a mm-hmm. it was a trauma head one, but then had the clear edges and everything. And I I wore it with pride on the side of my loader. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I, that that's how you got in the video. That's what that, I'm saying. That I would one side. You want to slap those on your hopper? We're going to get our camera guys on you. And Jeff's like, surely to God, if we get enough hopper stickers out there, enough people wearing them, we'll get a lot of guys, you know, on film. And and so that's basically what the camera guys were doing. They yep. weren't leaving out people without the without the stickers, but those guys were getting a lot of love. You were definitely noticed, that's for sure. I mean, paintball stickers. I remember, the, dude, having that kind of you can. I guess you can call it flair, dude. Paintball flair. It's mm-hmm. it's what it is, dude. You had your marker was like stickered up. Your loader was stickered up. Um, sometimes people's goggles. I don't even know how some people looked out their lenses. Their goggles were all like taped up and everything. Or, um, go back all the way to their po- porn pods, dude. Yeah, I mean anything they they would they anything to make them custom and make their own or give them their own feel. I I remember those days and I and I liked them, dude. Oh, I I loved them because it didn't feel commercialized. It it felt like it was it was very organic and genuine and not that it's just it, once you step on the paintball field, especially when they started getting rid of stickers and everybody started wearing the same thing, and it was like. Man, it was like the, the the personality side. Like, yeah, we're all here to play a game, but we're all here for individual reasons, meaning like I was poor on the team or I'm on the team for certain reasons. That guy's on the team for certain reasons, this and this and this. And to be able to, especially because your face is covered, um, 
you wear your personality on what you shoot, on how you're wearing your your gear, on what you look like, on the colors of your goggles, and uh, that's why I always I always love paintball too because it was so it was such an external personality that you could do, and then even through my play on the field, I felt like I tried to like like push my personality, and um, I for hundred percent threw a, lo- a loader sticker on there to be in a trauma head video one hundred percent. Right, right. Well, you know, you said you came in a little bit late. You just imagine going from the woods to playing, say, airball to Rennick having the hyperball. That that like the airball uh, fields that were connected with hoses, and then finally oh, going yeah. to ones that didn't have hoses on. You thought like to see the game progress that way, and then I know it's going to be like a shot in the ass to X ball. Uh, but when Tin Man was there it, for Trauma Head to say we to sit down and you have Tin Man, it's fifteen minute games. You know, sometimes you would even get so bored and drug out just watching the games. You're like, God, finally this jackass moves, or finally <laughs> something happens. You know. Yeah. So, so when it went to seven men, it it was like we it was like kind of like an answer to our prayers. It went way quicker. It was a lot more action packed. It came. Steady it was. Pace. It was steady paced. It was brought to the forefront, so they were really, really making spectator friendly. You know, mm-hmm. tons of different fields. The spawn. Uh, the the different sponsors out there could make their own fucking field back then. So yeah, it it, it, it didn't matter. You know, they. It was a lot more wide open, and then to make it so. I know commercialized, I don't want to mean be like that, but it made it so hard for someone to say, come in and video X ball. It would be awesome. I would love it to do that, mm. but it drove so many of the people who loved the game and the purity of it to make it such a commercialized type of route to go to. Uh, it, it just, it made a lot of people kind of stop loving paintball man and uh and so i that's basically where i went i just kind of stopped and uh and if it wouldn't have been for special uh he he called me up when they had the first fight club 10 man basically Mm. and uh, he's like hey man you want to play some 10 man and uh i didn't even ask him where i was like sure you know what are we using where are we playing what is it mm. you know and it was basically using some enemies going and getting 10 dudes together who haven't played in a long time and he got me off the couch and back to playing basically uh if it yeah if it wasn't for him you know i felt like i had uh i had i just gotten away from my love of paintball and it was because of it being so commercialized and so repetitive I felt like if you were an X-Ball player or a coach or any of that, it's like, well, the field layout comes out. We know there's a giant X in the middle or whatever it's going to be. And, you know, and then moving it to really, it trips me out because when I see guys now and they say, yeah, we'll run a point with you. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> it took me so long to say, oh, yeah, that's just to go out and play. Right. You know, yeah, we'll play one round or whatever. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Well. It's usually, can I jump in on this game? Exactly, like, okay. dude. Yeah. And so that's how far of a gap that I felt like it got. 
when I came back to play or when the Tin Man revival came back. You know, I felt like it kind of brought paintball back and the mechanical aspect of it, dude, I love. Now, if it was Tin Man in the Woods with machine guns, it would still be cool as fuck to me. Yeah. But the mechanical aspect of it, I think, is it brought a lot of a lot of dudes like me off the couch to come back out and, and to start, you know, Kane and Muppets. <laughs> Kane and Muppets. That's um, right. Ah, oh, it's classic. You know, there's another thing with with X Ball, um, which I love. Um, I, I I agree, you know, wholeheartedly with people who say like you know paintball is more uh, structured in an X X Ball form, more digestible, more. Um, there are pros to the X Ball uh, format, but I I really miss like Seven Man uh, practices, and not that they were lax, but it was really like you you would show up to a field and they would have. Um, you know, a field layout and you would just, you'd walk the field like you would at a tournament. Cause I mean, you're going to do a practice, so you might as well try it. You know, you got to walk it and learn it. Cause you got to practice it for the weekend. Um, and it was, it was very much like just super organic. It's, it's almost like how the fields are, uh, or, or how practices feel now, or at least how they did when I, right before I retired was the, the first weekend of the layout release. It's it's like man, I want. There's been plenty of those practices where at the end of the day, I was like, why can't this be the tournament? Because exactly. everybody's learning the field. You can see the ones that are adding things up quicker in their heads and that are finding this and are finding that. But you have you have four days plus a fifth, um, if not more, on the days in between. But you have four days, five days to be able to learn this field for X ball, and it's like. Man, by by then you're like, you're kind of not. I don't want to say burnt out, right? But but then, at the same time, you're kind of like, you're bored of the field because you know you know that eventually the field's going to slow down for the most part. Um, granted, paintball lately has been pretty quick, has been pretty fun to watch, but um, but it just tended to slow down because I feel like people got used to the field and then they would just hunker down because we got, we got to win this point, you know, whereas in, in seven man, you're like, man, I got to learn this field. I got to learn the angel field with the big ass A's and shit on it. And then I got to go, I got to go to the, the, the chronic field, which is always was the black and orange field. And then I got to go over to, let's see what other ones were there. There was, uh, yeah, the JT field. Um, yeah, there was a smart parts field. Dude, there were so many, man. They had the, I mean, they had a big, the big site, I mean, there was just a lot of Diablo field. I mean, there was a yep. ton of them, dude. Uh, with X-Ball, I just think, too, you can just run through. Uh, I mean, it's points like, oh, well, they beat our ass that one. Let's just get gear back up and go back out. That quick to go, you know what I mean? Let's just turn mm-hmm. around and go back out. In in seven man or ten man, you have to win or lose. You, you want to win that game. You want to go on to the semis. You want to go into the finals. And, and, it, and it's, I don't, I guess it's just a little old school. I mean, I just feel like going out there playing six or seven different fucking teams mm-hmm. for 12 or 15 minutes a, a game in one day or whatever, you know, yeah. it's usually eight games. And I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I like that layout of paintball, you know, and, and, it's a young man's game, X-Ball is. There's 100% no doubt. Listen, Carl, I have guys that I've been watching play paintball since they were kids, and I watch them still right now, and they are fucking killers. You know, uh, 
I mean, Shane Howe, uh, Colt Roberts, uh, fuck Ryan. Uh, there's so many guys that are frontliners and have been frontliners since the time that I've known them. They still fucking play in the front. Yeah. They still are killing people. And it's been that soup. I mean, that long, that long, that long, you know. And I know, I know, uh, I know. Chad plays good, but I think Ryan Moorhead, from the time that I have known him as a little, a kid, basically playing on the All A's too, mm-hmm. he's always been a dirty frontliner. He always goes to the furthest part of the field, and he still does it now, dude. Yep. That's been 20 fucking years. And he still does the same things. Shane Howard, he's the same way. Colt Roberts, he's the same way. Those guys destroy people. You know, Billy Bernacchia, he's the same way. He destroys people. He's been playing in the front since I've seen him. Every team he ever plays on, he plays the very furthest on the field, and he still does it now. You know, and I know in X ball, they're like, it's the snake side or the D side or whatever, but. You know, I don't give a fuck if he goes to the snake every time, every game, and that's what he does every time. He still does it and destroys people. Yeah, yeah, and true. So. I, uh, speaking of the wild man, uh, he has been somebody that I have always met at the fifty. Always at the, whether it whether it him or me up there, he would be one. I would the only exchanges we ever had were like bunkering each other. Mm-hmm. That was it, because we would always we would always be the ones going the, the you know we were the young ones so we were always the ones that were going furthest on the on the snake side or the Dorito side or whatever it may be it was it was always him and I kind of bunkering each other out of the fifty and it was it was great it was a great relationship uh, for that fact because I think there was a there's a tremendous don't get me wrong there's a tremendous amount of respect throughout the league um, throughout the community in general but for for fun players who do a job that not many can kind of step up and be very uh, consistent at. Oh fuck no! And dude. yeah, for for, for the for those uh, select few who are up there, you know, I I tip my hat to all those guys and respect all those guys, man, because we just we threw our body to the wind. It was like whatever happens happens, but I'm getting to this spot, and I'm gonna get to the spot. I'm gonna shoot all you fuckers in the head. And then and, and we're gonna do it again. That's right. And this compliment's coming from the guy in the very back. I'm the back guy, the back liner, and I just see them. They're uh, like you said, they go there every game. They destroy the fifty. They constantly go the furthest up the field, game after game after game. And there's a ton of them, dude. If I knew X ball. I would know a ton of more of them, you understand? <laughs> but, you know, the guys that I know that that I see just destroy people, you know, uh, you know, and, and constantly go forward, you know. Uh, Hans Schmemmel's uh, burger. He, he goes to the front every time for the all-A's. It doesn't matter, you know. He's older. You know, he still gets down. He still goes to the 50 or the front every time, no matter what. And, and those guys, they, they just kill it, dude. Yeah, yeah, we're we're the ones out playing the ground game. You are the ones that are doing it, dude. It's the hardest person on, on any team that I've ever played on to actually get and keep a frontliner because once they go out there, I feel like, and they just start destroying. They're just they're like everybody sees it, 
and everybody mm-hmm. wants that dude and it's who can ever can you know hang out that proverbial carrot in front of the cart you know and get you to pull it you're going they're, they're going to go towards it so yeah i you know thinking about it and talking about it uh there's definitely been many conversations on Im- the importance of positions on the field and every one of them has an argument because and honestly it's just like dude, just like anything you can relate it to life man we need everybody you're we right. need the progressives, we need the conservatives, because they're good at this, and then they're good at this, and everything needs to be cohesive. Just as we talk about, um, you know, a paintball team, you know, a, a back player is just as important as a front player, because if a front player goes out there and does his job of shooting a couple guys and getting shot because you're so close to everything, how are you going to close the game? Well, you're going to have badass back players. Yeah, yeah, like the GOAT. I think Todd Adamson's the best paintball player. Uh, hands down, I feel like he's the best paintball player. Uh, he's been winning for so fucking long, and he's only gotten better. I know it might be a race for him and Greenspan to say who the fuck can stay in the game the longest in the back and still do tremendous shit, but he does. I mean, you know, he's winning rings still. He's in phys- the best shape of his life, basically, and he's playing some of the best paintball of his life. And I and I feel like from the beginning to the end, he's probably, to me, the best paintball player that's played. There's a lot of – I know that's a fucking bold statement because there's so many good guys, but those guys come and go. Yeah. He, it, he, he hasn't, man. He's stayed at the top of his game from the very beginning. Todd's never been a loser. I mean, he's played on teams that's lost, but he's always been a champion. He's always played on teams that are fucking champions, and he's always wins championships with them, no matter what it is. And so that's why I feel like, in my opinion, Todd Adamson, honest to God, is the greatest paintball player I feel like that's played our game. I, I know there'll be a million people that'll start hate mailing that shit, but... Well, that's a, that's it's a great thing, man. Everybody has an opinion, and everybody right. has a, everybody has the right thing. I I tend to use the verbiage now of like greatest of his era, one hundred percent. But it's hard to say his era because fuck Carl, he's been destroying people since he's been playing. I mean, he's been like an intricate part of every team that he's played on, no matter what it is. He's never been a guy that just gets picked up and then sets the fuck out and is like, oh, right. yeah, Todd's the 12th dude or the 13th dude. He's always been a starter on every team he ever plays on, and he's always won with those teams. So it's hard, like, when you say during his generation, fuck, his generation started in the 90s, and it's still going. So I have a hard – it's, yeah. like, limited, and I can't do it, man. Well, I guess I'm, I'm talking about maybe, like uh... – competitive NXL tournament style because he pretty, right. I think he stopped doing that I think somewhere around 7 or 8 yeah I want right. to say 2007 or 8 yeah yeah and I think he didn't come back and start playing until the 10 man yeah so, and so, which is a totally a different bit, game a little than bit of the, a gap yeah <laughs> which is a totally different game um, you know now and, and and again like we're talking about it like that competitive paintball which he started out in too you know what I mean? And he went up through the ranks too. So you have to include that that style. And why I say era is just because we're the, the evolution of the game, um, it's just like any other sports that I say, well, dude, yeah, he's the best of 
you know, the his era. That time. Exactly, that time. Because it's really hard. Because, you know, people hold records, right? Yeah, everybody holds a record. But his competition or her competition was the competition at the time. Because it would be... There, there, there's different outcomes for different situations and, and different, you know, eras. The, there's a reason why we call them generations and, and, and seasons and all this. is because right. shit changes, man. And, and when shit changes, shit evolves, too, at the same time. And, uh, and that's why it's hard because, you know, a lot of people are like, I was a big fan of Oliver. Um, and everybody's like, oh, Oliver, the GOAT, greatest of all time. I was like, eh, okay, yeah. But I mean, there are he he did a lot of good things for his team. But then there, there's also he wouldn't be Oliver if it, if wasn't, it wasn't for for his team. The and other all the, the other team and exactly right. and and you know I'm, I I I say this too for like even all sports. Michael Jordan, everybody, dude. Michael wouldn't have been you know who he was without the players, and the players were better because of Michael. It was it's a whole like. It's a whole thing, and I'm sure I'm sure the Dynasty kids all played better when Oliver was playing good, and and when he wasn't playing good, those other guys stepped up to the plate, and I think that is a that's a number one thing that I I, I hope that the younger players kind of see in teams of who who are just consistent and, and very good at being on top is that when their top players are not doing well, it's like fuck. Look at the last. Uh, look at World Cup. Um, who who would you say the best player on San Antonio, San Antonio X Factor is? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, well, a lot would a lot would argue saying that it's Archie. Archie, I would right? say. I mean, and he was I mean, hurt. He he. Was, I think he was it's a lot that. of. There's a lot of killers on all those oh, teams. Yeah, and by no means am I am I trying right. to degrade any of the other players. But what I'm right. trying, the point is, I'm trying to make is that like those other players, because Archie wasn't there, they were like, I got to play ten percent better. I I I have to, because those five guys, those ten guys, they all, you know, put in their ten percent. That's going to be seventy-five to a hundred percent that you're going to have of effort. Now, if everybody, you know, does, does a little 10%. Right. Digs, digs. Exactly. And um, that, that's what I'm saying. Like the, the, the great teams played great when their great players were not. Right. Because right. Every, everybody can have that game, man. But those players, if you don't have those guys, and that's what we always talk about, importance of, of, of players on the positions on the field and everything. If you don't have the other third of your players on the team and have those guys be killers and 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 do their job as well. Man, it's gonna be hard to it's gonna be hard to win. Yeah, that's probably why the boys in blue aren't they they're always on top to me. I I've never played on a team that's beat them. I swear I haven't, dude. It's uh, as long as I've been playing, as long as many times as I've ever played them, we've I've never played on a team that's fucking beat them. I know uh, yeah. it's crazy. So yeah. but they're they always they're they're dynasty, dude. They're mm-hmm. they're literally dynasty. As simple as that. And and I'd said it about Ryan Greenspan earlier. That that fucker has never quit, man. He mm-hmm. he's been doing the same, kicking ass and and grinning basically for <laughs> fucking twenty years, dude. Yeah. And and it's 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 not stopping, you know. So yeah, dude. He's uh he's definitely a specimen of the game. That's for sure. Um, 
trauma head logo where did uh where did that come from with the skull and the like the jeff that was totally jeff's idea he, <laughs> yeah. he loved it you know uh and it, and he never wants to change like i wanted him to supplement some jerseys recently and when he made them and he sent me this the test it was still the bold bright you know trauma head logo you know and mm -hmm. he, he loves it dude you know he 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 that's that's his logo he, he wants to keep it like that forever <laughs> i bet i i bet because there's such a a, a retro um uh, insurgence uh happening right now with the 10 man in general with like the retro jerseys and i saw somebody wearing like a uh, a proto goggle like, yeah in a picture yeah. i was like is that are those even safe anymore? <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. right. You know, and uh, uh, dude, I still have my Revy that still works. Well, there's I, I told him I said there's a lot of people out that are taking pictures and doing videos at, at these tournaments for each for individual teams, you know. Yeah. And I told him I was like, dude, who the fuck does not want Trauma Head to do their team bio or their team video or take pictures at the tournament if they're paying? anybody else i mean you know I, i've seen there's a lot of good photographers dude out there i see their pictures all the time mm -hmm. if they can do it you know i know jeff can and if he brands the trauma head logo like he does to him you know yeah. and, and for the amount of money those other cats are doing you know jeff can do the same thing you know it's i want him to come back and just kind of feel his way back into the into the tournament circuit a little bit and just see what it's like you know yeah build build a small team and uh and, and, and bring it back. I think I think if he uh, made like some black long sleeve uh, with the with just a little uh, trauma head logo in the middle or like a t-shirt mm -hmm. or something like that, I guarantee they would sell out. Yeah, they'll come back again. People oh. ask me for them all the time. Yeah. So you know they they always ask me when trauma heads coming back. To be honest with you, dude, you know they're like, when are you gonna bring trauma head back? You know. It's whenever I can get my buddy out of the Florida Keys and start coming up here and doing some more paintball, dude. Oh, good you luck. Know, that's yeah, that's what I said. You imagine trying to get somebody to stop living in the Keys? It's tough, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, I had, dude. I, I I'm a collector of stickers, and I think the last Trauma Head sticker I had was like in the early 2000s, and I put it on my loader, which I don't have anymore. But I usually kept like two of every sticker that way i could use one and then i could also like hoard one and, right um, right and I, th nope. I think that's one because i always had i had like a sticker my whole laptop the top of it was all paintball stickers that i had that i had a ton on i knew i had a ton i for sure had a trauma head sticker on there and i, I wish i had that damn thing we'll have I, to meet up at level up dude i still got a lot you do of course man. oh man yeah <laughs> i'll throw one on my loader stuff. right now I knew it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. Yeah, people were constantly bringing stuff up and showing it to me, man. Whether it's trauma head barrel, condoms, or some kind of wrap that we had one time or whatever. You know, head wraps, T-shirts, whatever. Mm -hmm. And they rip up their jersey and underneath is a bitch slap 101 T-shirt. So, yeah, they're still keeping the <laughs> dream that. alive. Yeah, yeah, dude. It was – It was, and I think a lot of people can attest to that. It is a giant part of, of – paintball for them growing up for their youth um yeah dude my 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 buddies and i we would just we would play paintball we would ref paintball we would come home we would watch trauma head and, and yeah. like that was it and it was um were were there ever times i can't remember i thought i thought i remember you talking about it but was there ever a time on a video when you guys caught somebody cheating and then Tons. called them out on the 
on the video? Oh yeah, tons of times. But the the main one was uh, was a was a kid who played with Rage, and then he went and played with the Naughty Dogs. And uh, I called him out on the videos a couple different times for cheating. Fuck his lawyers called us up, man. They were going to sue the fuck out of us. Are you serious? Like, well, you can't sue me for what you can see on the video. Goddamn. I mean, we edited some of it out just to make him where he doesn't look like he's cheating so fucking bad. But yeah, he was. Uh, he was probably the worst and the shittiest cheater, you know, no less. I'm saying there's like, yeah. there's pro wipes and there's amateur <laughs> wipes. <laughs> you know, this guy was, he was, uh, he was amateur. I didn't know how he was playing with the teams. I think it was maybe because he was so fast and small, but he used to wear a striped sock hat. And But anyhow, yeah, his lawyers got on us, man. They were, they were going to sue us over it, you know. but Defamation of character? You can't do it if it's right there on on the proof of it. I, you know, I would say, man, you got to brush up on your game, dude. You know, there's another white from the greatest cheater in paintball or whatever. And, <laughs> oh man, uh, I just and that's kept a, going and going with it. You know, that's a big deal too because when that happens and it's caught on film and there's not a lot of competition going out at the time, so a lot of people saw this at the time. That's and, a guarantee. It's like Marcus Nielsen or anybody else, man, you know, just trying to wipe a goggle hit. You know, he just tried that in Chicago. You know, really? At, last, at that last ICPL, he got shot in the head, runs 20 feet out, gets shot in the head, wipes the goggle hit out, gets pulled out of the game, then just starts arguing, throws his gun, you uh, know, and, and he was in the wrong in the first fucking place. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, you know, Marcus is a lot of people's homeboys, man, but you know you can't do that he, dumb shit he comes with a reputation man and and the thing is that reputation isn't isn't the shiniest well, i mean people That's know right. him as a character but he's also known that it was he was known um t- to my knowledge from what i remember um he was known as uh, a, a cheater at the and, time and super fucking disruptive yep to team dynamics just all that shit, dude. And I'm, not, I mean? and I'm not trying to shit all over him. I'm just saying this is this is this was the overall general consensus of kind of who he was. Um, oh no, dude. how he represented I, himself. Right, right, right. Yeah, he he was that guy for sure, a hundred times over. So, and there was another guy. There was another guy who played for HK, which was one of the reasons he, they were like on my uh, on my paintball hit list. Uh, HK early on in my career when I played for Tip and Effect, um, and then also like later on, there's another guy who played for like an HK team, who was just up like a blatant cheater, and I can't I can't I'm not gonna name his name I can't even think of it anyway, but um, but like I I thought about that too you know you because know, you eventually learn about the whole cheating side of of paintball and realizing that. Like, oh, fuck. And I, I think what happens is, like, when that tends to happen when a team doesn't have a lot of eyeballs or a player doesn't have a lot of eyeballs on them, meaning refs or people watching, but mm-hmm. but mainly refs. And I think that if if you grow up not having a lot of refs, then what what incentive do you have to be honest besides, like, letting the other guy know you shot, you know, he shot you? There's not really an incentive because who doesn't want to play more paintball? And, and, and stay on the field longer. You know, everybody does. But I think people learn that early. Um, that's kind of just my take on it. But but people learn about cheating early. And I remember I remember learning. Um, I never really got yelled at for cheating or caught or, like, called a cheater, at, at least, again, that I can remember. 
But I remember we were having a game. Um, it was a seven-man game, and Rich Telford was like, "Oh, hey, you know, we oh, man, we were in Denver or something like that." And he goes, "Oh, dude, how did you get shot that last game?" I was like, "Oh, man, I got I got shot in the top of my hand um, as I was diving into the into the 50. I called myself out." And he goes, "Next time you that happens, that shit. <laughs> he said, next time that happens, you dive on your fucking hand and you get into the 50. And this was this was for a seven man game. And the reason why I and I go back to the reason why I like seven man so much is because you only had that game. You only had that prelim game to fucking show up. Because mm-hmm. if if you don't, there's no second point." There's no third point. The only time you have that is if you're good enough to get to the finals. That's exactly what I was saying earlier, dude. That whole, I got to win this game. We need these points to go on. Yeah. All that shit matters. You have the, a chance. And the wait, and the even if it's only a half hour between the games, if you go out, I feel like if you're playing X-Ball and you're not really getting down, dude, and that the team can run right through another team. They they can make it like it's not a good day for the other fucking team. Yeah. At least when you're playing seven man or ten man, you get that half hour, that twenty minute, that half hour break to go back, fucking look at each other, figure out, you know, our what the hell's going on with that the dynamics of that game or what we gotta fix, and then go back out there and put it to the field. Mm-hmm. Not just keep Dude, I know you have been, but I've been on the end of those ass beatings game after game after game. Yeah. You yeah. know, we used to drive up to practice aftershock at the country club paintball. They would show up in fucking white t shirt white hoodies or white fucking sweatshirts and it was white field paint, dude. You understand? <laughs> but when you grind it out with aftershock for a weekend and playing paintball like that, you go home with a lot of fucking uh, bruises, first of all, but you learn a lot of shit that weekend. And you know, that it's trying not to shoot him more than one fucking, shoot him as many times as you can. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, play as tight as you can because those motherfuckers are gonna shoot the fuck out of you. Mm-hmm. And so grinding it out like that, that that's how I feel like, you know, that's would be, that's probably how I learned to get the bruises and how how I maybe learned to be able to play a lot fucking better paintball. But getting your ass beat all weekend on Saturday and then showing up on Sunday, we'd win some games. You understand? Mm-hmm. Because you're going to get you, you get tired of getting your ass handed to you. Eventually, you're going to play up to their level or be better than them at some point. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I never played on a team maybe that was more winning than Aftershock for sure. But I've played them a fair amount of times at the and, and won games against them, of course. But uh, mm-hmm. but that's what made made us. I mean, I feel like you know that's probably is what makes you when you play X ball like that. You play a team, they just throw a fucking beating on you. It's you know, it's time to go back to the pits or figure out what's going on you know and and get your shit together but it, it's a few hours or the next day or whenever your next match is you t- to kind of redeem yourself i guess and uh, it's yeah. a lot man you know in yeah. x-ball you can you can only lose a couple of matches and, and you, you're pretty much going home it seems like you know <laughs> well yeah and you you can't 
you can't learn to win without knowing how you lost. You know what I mean? It, it's like you, you have to know, you have to know and be able to uh, acknowledge your mistakes um, and lose, and use that and adjust and 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 put yourself in a position to win. At that point, it's the same. You know, we talk about seven man two, and it is you know you have to learn very quickly on on you know past mistakes because you only have those games to play. And you have to start playing a certain way, and you have to get into a position at a certain time, and because you know the way the game plays out. Um, but uh, but going that was kind of a, tan- a little bit of a tangent. I want to go back to when Rich was telling me that I fucking need to cheat next time. Um, uh, you know, I I didn't really think about it until then because I I have before here and there, but I was always too scared to get caught. I was too scared to get yeah, caught, the and then and, and the pen and, and and have us fucking lose because I tried very shittily to get rid of um, a hit and everything. But what I what you learn to do, um, and, and I, I I hate how everybody talks about cheating like you know, nobody does it. You know what I mean? Everybody everybody it's like so hush hush and this and, and this and that. And even the guys who are like, oh, that guy's a cheater. I was like. I guarantee you, yeah, that guy's a cheater, but I guarantee you, you cannot talk about that guy like you haven't cheated before in a paintball match ever, because I guarantee you have, and, you know, it's, but it's not a, a regular thing, like, when I started playing more and more competitive, like, if if there was a time and a place for it, and you and you had the opportunity to, and obviously all of the, your, uh, you know, all the stars aligned at that point, then yeah, I would I would risk it, but on some of the shit that I would see people try and get rid of and try and do, I'm like, how did you? How is that not a major one? And then I can't believe people are still trying to get rid of shit like that and not be because some of the best cheaters. I've said this before on the podcast too, dude. Some of the best cheaters you don't even know are cheating. That's exactly you, right. You won't. You That's... wouldn't be able to tell. Mm-mm. You're right about that, man. The best cheaters usually never, ever get caught, dude. But mm-hmm. there's not one time that I've ever came back to the tent or to get ready for the next game or just getting winning or losing the game that we just played where someone was like, you know, uh, you know, I, sh- I should have wiped that hit or I, <laughs> I, I feel like you understand, like, man, then like yeah. I, try- I, I should have tried to get rid of a goggle hit. It shit just don't happen like that. You yeah. just it, it's it's very no I'm one, not condoning I'm I'm not I'm not backing. Well, I mean, yeah, they they don't just means. come and I mean basically I they don't ever just say, Yeah, I ditched three hits out there. You know, I got shot on the break and kept playing. Yeah. You know, they don't even tell it to their own teammates. It's like a their your own your their own thing. My 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 problem is is you know, just like at the, just say the last event that we just got done seeing in Florida, uh, at you could blatantly see people cheat from the show side. You understand? And in, oh in the in the there's 25, 30 fucking people there watching, and the dude just wipes or gets rid of a hit or plays on. You mm-hmm. understand? And he's like, God damn, man! And then the ref, of course, that it's always that you're both gone thing. And it's like, dude, they're not fucking always both gone. So many times the one shoots the other one so fucking much 
before the dude. All, you know, understanding you yeah. know it. And then just like leaving a person in the game, they'll sh- they'll see someone. They, they know that the other guy plays on because they leave the player in the game. So mm-hmm. if they leave them in the game, they're automatically saying that the other guy played on. Why aren't they going to go ahead and pull, pull the rest of the penalty? Right. Do you understand? Like if you run down the field and the ref pulls and you shoot somebody and he spins around and shoots the fuck out of you and the ref leaves you in the game and pulls him out, that's automatically saying that he saw him play after he was hit. Why wouldn't you just run on down there and pull the rest of the penalty? Right. Instead, he just pulls them out, you know, or says you're both gone. That's the easiest way for the refs to make an easy call. And I don't know if that's if it's probably not that way in the NXL, but in in my playing or the the paintball league that we play in, I feel like yeah, it's easier for them just to say okay, you're both gone, mm-hmm. instead of just making a decisive call and like nah. I mean, you know. Uh, at that, at the last event of the ten man event, you only saw maybe two major events thrown. Uh, I mean, two major penalties. Both mm-hmm. of those penalties were initiated by the crowd, dude. You understand? They're like, <laughs> yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa! That's you know a major. He just wiped a goggle hit and played on. You know what I mean? And you caught him doing all that shit. Pull the rest of the penalty, dude. You know? So. Yeah. So, so here's what I think: why it was, why it's so much easier. And I'm trying to think like a referee, right? I know, it's tough. I'm trying to think like a referee. And I think the reason why there's so many more just, uh, you know, uh, same, you know, double elimination or whatever the fuck you want to call it, Um, a trade, I guess, Mm -hmm. is normally. And um, I talk about it like I haven't fucking said that shit before. I have, you know, encountered it on the... um, But, you know, I think about it and I'm like, okay, so... The ref will get less shit if he just pulls both players out than he would if he left one or the other in and tries and, to tr- sort and it pulls out. the other one. Right. And then, and then now, and, and now the guy he left in finishes the game because he made a major move or something like that. And now the other team and the sideline who is with that other team are Saw going ballistic and are gonna right. are gonna motherfuck you. The oh, entire you're time, right, dude. You're rather right. Than, yeah, rather than the the trade, the trade, it's like, oh, well, no, 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 oh, fuck, and then it's yeah. over with. There's you're no, right, there's no, dude. like, oh, that guy's a fucking shitty. You forget about it because you move on. But ever, but if there was, if there was the pull and and the leave in, then now we have the rest of the game to be fucking pissed at that ref, and the game's over, and you're the reason you're you, you fucking ref. You're the reason why we lost that game because you left that guy in, and it was. You know, blah 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 blah. So right. and nobody wants to hear hear that shit and be fuck you'd. So that's what I you're, think. You're right, dude. You probably hit the nail on the head with that shit. I just, <laughs> I'm still salty about shit. It's, <laughs> I got I, I live like that. It's always hard for me to get over it. It is, but and and, and have we we've always talked about it before? Um, whether it be newer players coming up or which they they're still learning, but it's like even older guys of the game, you no matter, there have been moments where arguments and stands have changed the outcome of a game. But Uh, not very many, dude. But not very many. So, but think about all the times that you've gotten pissed off and you've got, you know, you've gotten, you know, irritated at this whole situation and nothing came of it, but now you're kind of fucked for the next game because you're you're a little mind fucked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's right. 
So I try and do. I've, I wish I had some of this mentality that I have now back then where I can just be like, I can go out and have a shitty point or something happens and I just walk into the pit and go, next point. You know, that's right. That's and it right. wasn't lit to later in, the, in my career. And even if something shitty happens, I was like, is it out of my control? Then I, I cannot waste energy thinking about it. Was it a mistake? Okay. Now the energy has got to be focused on, okay, how do I fix that mistake? But it's not going to be on like, oh my God, I fucked up. Oh shit. Now what? Am I going to do the same thing the next, you know, because I struggle with a lot of anxiety. Um, I, I think because you know, now, now we're, I'm sorry, I'm going off on another tangent. Um, but I, 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 coming into the, the game when I did, I was playing with Tipman Effect, and, and I'm trying to explain this because I, we haven't really talked at all um, throughout paintball in general. Like, I've known, I've known of you, and we've had some passerby waves and whatnot, but we've never really sat down and talked right. like I, right. like I want, have been wanting to. So I'm trying to kind of explain my little, you know, side of things too. And, um, and I'm hoping in the same time that people are, can, can relate uh, in some ways. But when I was on Tip and Effect, I was playing with a lot of my friends and who are a lot, you know, the same age, same uh, skill level and everything, you know, for the most part. And we were just having fun, man. We, we, were, we were getting a free ride on Tipman. We were, we were just having fun at the hotels. We were having fun on the fields. We just enjoyed mm-hmm. paintball and the, and the environment that tournaments bring and everything. And luckily, we were able to compete. But when I when I made the jump to pro, um, I did with Tip and Effect. But when I made the jump to pro with like excessive, and that whole mm-hmm. transfer happened, I had I had a lot of confidence on Tip and Effect, even though we were using Tipmans. And then I had the confidence too when I was asked to come try out for the team, uh, right for excessive, and I I was like, oh, dude, this is this is awesome. And then I get onto this team that has just killers like every single name on this roster is a legend and a killer mm-hmm. and i get there and and rich shoots the shit out of me in the snap shooting drill i'm like what the fuck have i gotten into i've i've made my dream of being on this amazing paintball team that i've only seen in videos drum head ones in particular mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um you know i uh i i, I start to build this tremendous anxiety and, and self uh, analysis of, of everything because I feel like I'm expected to play, which I was expected to play at a certain level, but it, it brought a tremendous amount of pressure onto my shoulders. And, and there were times where I, I could step up to the pressure. And then there are some times where it's like my emotions kind of overran things. And, and it was hard for me to, to, be mentally ready for the next point just by getting shot off the break, which I had nothing to do with. Well, I mean, people say, well, you run low, you run a certain route. Okay. But if the dude shoots a lane lower, he's going to shoot you. Right, right, if, right. You right. know what I mean? If the guy shoots a normal lane, you're going to get shot. You could be crawling on your fucking, you know, you have your dick in the dirt and you could be crawling. He's still going to shoot you. So right. like, you know, high profile and everything. And if you see a flat, you're looking at, a seven foot tall gap, you know, it might only be a foot wide, but if I see something go through it, whether you're tall, you're short or you're crawling, I'm going to be like, well, there's a guy going far. It's not like I'm going to miss you going that way. You know, I might shoot you here, but, but I'm, I might miss you then. And anyway, 
but it, it just brought on a lot of a lot of anxiety and a lot of like pressure onto my shoulders and 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 being in that environment really kind of compressed everything and I was able to pull knowledge from Rich from Maddie from everybody and all these legends who played on the seven or the uh, the 10 men fields and the woods and everything and they really knew what it took it was dude it was a, a crazy I don't even know how I got to talking about that point <laughs> I don't even know dude, what point I'm trying pressure, to make pressure burst pipes dude yeah dude it, 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 but but it was it was a cool journey and I, I'm just I'm wondering if if there's a lot of kids out there who are experiencing that same thing um but uh, but I was also talking how I, this the mental state that I'm in now, how playing paintball for me now is has been a lot different. Uh, just in the in the way that I play and the way that I I feel the field and how I can how I see the field in in general, it's cool. It's fun, man. It you know talking about the the, the ten man the retro stuff now that's happening and it's it's uh, I use that emec and it's just. I, you know, people have heard me just, you know, come not uh, overly uh, excite myself about the EMEC and shooting like five balls a second, but I'm I'm stoked about it because it's like you see that ball go down the field because you pulled the trigger and it went mm-hmm. where you wanted to. You know what I mean? That's just that right. feeling, especially with that thing where it's just like do 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 do, and it's like, and uh, a lot of the guys on Brimstone, especially Anthony. Uh, he's like, dude, we're gonna, we got to get you that new trigger. We got to get you this. We got to get you this. I'm like, dude, I I like the way it shoots. Like, I I like the kind of the ruggedness and the the little bit of a. Uh, he's like, well, this this other trigger is like super smooth. You can shoot so fast. I was like, dude, I don't need to shoot fast, man. Accurate. I don't. I, don't, I want. I I want to shoot three balls and have them all hit in the same spot. That's like, right. Within within a couple seconds or, or however you want to do it, dude. I'll, right. That's all I need, man. That's all I want to do. He goes, no, we'll get it. For I was like, I'm serious, dude. I'm I'm good, bro. I'm I'm good with what I have. Like I haven't. It's 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 all black. It's all stock. It's there's there's nothing like fancy to it. I'm just like, I'm just gonna rock it how it is, man. So you're already set up. We got the jersey for you, man. When you're trying to come and play. I know, dude. I need to go play. There's this whole oh, shit. We got the ICC and that. Well, there's only two ICPLs in the ICC. Wh- which so, uh, where are they at? The ICPLs. The next one's in Maryland, and then ones. In, the last one's in Chicago. The fourth, fifth, and sixth, I think it is, in Maryland, yeah. and then the one in Chicago in October, the second and third, and then you know the ICC, Ooh. dude. Yeah, that would be awesome. That's a good time to come to get out, you know, and see all. I think it's better than I mean it's a bold statement again to say it's better than the World Cup but damn it's a it's a good time there you you know there are 75 80 teams you know just mm-hmm. 10 man you know and it, it's a it's a real good time and to be able to run it on time and to have the games and stuff on time it just runs super super smooth dude yeah it's a, it's a real good event yeah, but, dude, all those all those events, ICC especially, but all those events, um, they're fun, man. They they feel fun. Everybody's relaxed, but mm-hmm. at the same time tense because you want to fucking win. Right, right, exactly. You know, and I, um, I, those rings, I'm ch- I chase yeah. those rings. Is what I'm wanting to chase on that ICPL tour. Yeah, yeah, dude. This I really, I really wish this whole the COVID thing would slow down. Because that's know, hindered dude, that's me. hindered so much of the things that I've wanted to do. Um, I mean, I, I 
I've played paintball locally, like at uh, at level up and everything. But like just traveling outside is still just so, man, it's so amazing, dude. I know it's that. Uh, and when we went to Florida, you know, you, no matter how careful you are, everybody else isn't that careful, you know. I was just in so West I'm Virginia. There. I was in Wheeling, West Virginia, and zero people wore a mask the entire time I was there. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, dude. Zero, there, well, oh, no, 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 I'm Cabrillas? sorry. There was there was one, and she worked. She was working the. Uh, the counter, the register at the uh, at the gas station that I went to, but I think she was only wearing it because she had to, because it was right. the law for business. Because there was a giant Trump cutout right next to the ATM machine, and then there was camo everything, and it was it was just it was super funny to see just how many people yeah. were like just no. Oh, and then I did a, I did a fire test out there. That was what I was out there for. I was testing a fire test for a, uh, a, a firehouse and all the people, the, the fire marshal, uh, who was also a cop. And then, um, some, some state people that were there and everything, zero people wore masks the entire time. Crazy. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's nuts. And that's, like I said, it's, if that, it would be a different story once we see that trend kind of start to slow down. Yeah. Totally different well, story. Anthony didn't go play in this last event because his mother and father, man, both of them are, you know, susceptible to COVID. Mm-hmm. You know? And so he didn't go play in the Florida event. But, you know, that shit's real, man. It's it's killing people for sure, you know. And if you don't try to be careful, everybody else doesn't try to be careful. Next thing you know, that shit will be out of hand again. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, with two little ones at home and everything. It's just, man, it's it's tough to justify you're right, but it dude. doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that I'm not going to uh, eventually. Um, you know, by no means. I'm excited. I'm excited to play. Uh, you know, events with you guys, and play some ten man and get out there and ball. But um, oh, dude, yeah, it'd be awesome. Hopefully, like you said, maybe some stuff will clear up man by the summertime, and yeah, everybody can get out there and get down. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for, man. Um, mm-hmm. So how did you how did you come across the uh, the Brimstone guys? So, uh, the ICC, the second ICC, I wanted to play and I was talking to Tim. I was playing at urban. I was talking to Tim. He said that he knew, I asked, told him I wanted to play and I needed to look around and see if any team was wanting to play. And so he told me that Tony from Brimstone was looking for a player and I hit him up and I, I had already known Jonathan and Anthony real well. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that was it. And once when I got there, Carl, it was like a, the team that I've been needing to play with my whole time, dude. Yeah. Like I fit perfect with them. We get along. They understand. We all basically understand where we're coming from. We, you know, we we have a a really good team, but the it's hard for the decision to be made and then those the decision makers to play and to worry about the team shit and so this year we brought on paul desarn as the coach dude mm-hmm. i've known him dude for a really long time he's been a super good friend to me and uh and i knew that we needed his structure more than mm-hmm. anything him bringing just that to the team alone dude was going to get us a little bit of take the load off of a little bit of backs you understand what i mean and give yeah. them just just to play dude not worrying about who's setting 
who the fucks uh, where they're playing, how many, who's not walking the fields, who's doing this. It's just, and Paul is good for all that shit. He keeps us all together. We all walk the fucking fields, you know what I mean? We mm-hmm. sit down, we draw it out, we know where everybody's fucking going, you know? And it, it just made a little bit of a difference. And so we're going to, uh, uh, we, we dropped a few players this past year. Kevin retired and, and, and Krupen ended up getting hurt in his thumb and he got hurt. So he hasn't been back playing with us. And yeah. so, we, you know, we're, we picked up Cody Sh- uh, Smick. And that was a good pickup force. I felt like if he could play the snake for Dynasty, he could play for Smoke, dude. Hundred percent. And, and he's uh, and he fits our team like a glove. You know, he's uh, he's a one hundred percent team player. You know what I mean? He's he's real high goal oriented. Intended. I mean, he's he's just what you want to be a teammate to be like. You know, and that's yeah. how everybody is on that team. You know. Uh, most of us are from like Ohio, West Virginian-ish, you know. Uh, Tony's from Florida. Uh, Danny Dell lives up in Jersey. But other than that, we're kind of Midwestern, man, to be, be honest with you. And uh, in Brimstone, most of those guys are from Kansas City, Missouri, and then in that area right there. Mm-hmm. You know, a few of them are from down south. But, you know they're they're a real good group of guys man you know we have a lot of good talent on there we just we just got to put it put it on the field you know this last tournament we lost every game on saturday and then destroyed people fucking sunday so if we'd have been able to play like that all day saturday or or if we'd have made the semis and we'd have got up sunday morning playing like we were might have been hard to beat us that's painful that's how painful is that's exactly (laughs) right dude yeah dude that's That's, that's you go out you think you're going to beat the teams you're going to beat. They smack the shit out of you. You go play against the teams that you know are about to kick your ass. They're about to try their hardest to kick your ass because they haven't lost the game all weekend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you end up just strangling the fuck out of them. <laughs> so. uh, dude, it's yeah, it's great. It's great. The, the, the variables of paintball I, I enjoy. It's the peaks and valleys, dude. It's peaks the and peaks valleys. and valleys. <laughs> yeah. um, I want to go back to kind of towards the end of trauma head uh when did you guys kind of look around and go okay we or, or why what was the reason why you guys called it uh d it was more of a dvd sales dude you know they no people weren't buying dvds anymore mm-hmm. and so for you to go and to do the event to make dvds or to record or to just show up and do something there just was, yeah it, it didn't make it it make good sense and at the beginning, I kind of, I kind of s- talked about, you know, Jeff was always, they always kind of made it hard for us, dude. Do you understand? Like they never fucking made anything easy for him, dude. Uh, like who, saying, who do you mean they? Like the promoters, basically. Uh, and it didn't. It it was. It's like, fuck, Carl. It's just be like if you one company sponsored the video. You understand, and mm-hmm. that when they s- say they'd pay a thousand dollars to get their commercial put on the video or whatever it is, and then it's another company that has access to be able to record the fields, or the company that's promoting the events doesn't matter. 
who your sp- got deals with, even if you pay your media pass, we're not going to let you have access to this point or this point, or we're not going to let you fucking video the finals. Mm-hmm. You understand? And it was just always something, dude. It was always something that they had that they would be strangling you out, whether it was when WDP was sponsoring the Super 7 Series or whatever. It, from even those times, the, all the way back to the PSPs, it just wasn't like he was constantly going against the green. And, and, and I'm not saying there was a lot of other video companies out there or there wasn't a lot of them, but the one, other ones that were out there, they were getting the access to what they needed to to be able to get shots, to be able to get where they could do backs, back scene, back footage, you know. And mm. I mean, you know, there's a lot of docudramas that got made in paintball, and yeah. I loved watching them, dude. And that's what I feel like they are. It's a docudrama. When you want to watch raw games or you want to just see games, that's what Trauma Head did. It was the, there was there was totally two different kinds of videos there, you know. If Jeff would have took the whole year to video, say all five events or whatever of the Super Seven or just any of that shit back in Denver and do all those, and then at the end of the year came up with some mega uh, docudrama about one team touring or just a couple teams, dude, that wouldn't be anywhere near what we started out to do we Mm -hmm. started out doing games that we could put a ton of different teams on and get a lot of footage from a lot of different people and try to spread the wealth you know i always said that i was trying to make them famous Mm -hmm. i try to make you famous man if i know your name if i know you play good or i see you do something man i'll say it if jeff can zoom in or i can see the cat's name and it's just it's even like that, dude. Back then, if Sunday paintball was going on and my and I wasn't playing on Sunday, I could sit there and watch game after game after game and take notes on a tape recorder so I could know, you know, what games were happening and see it right then and do action. But when they wouldn't allow you to even get anywhere near where you could hear yourself even fucking talk, you know, and I mean there was plenty of other accesses, but they would never say let you up on the high areas or just you know Mm -hmm. it was just it would just be limited access so the whole time jeff was making them he was still fighting the system dude yeah because i mean they they owned the content because they they it was their league it's just i guess the same thing that the nfl nxl and although they said you know it's all trademarked Mm -hmm. and they can't be reproduced in any way so yeah, but the thing is, is if they're giving you a media pass for videographers and they're letting other, there's a lot of other people video, and it's like, well, you're paying them for that. If you pay the $2,500 to go and set up and video the event, they're automatically signing away saying that you you have a right to do their event. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it's not like saying, well, we're going to let you do $2,500 and pay that. But while you're here, you can't record any games or any of our advertisements or say that this is the event that you're at or any of that shit because it would be worthless for anybody to come there then, see? Yeah. So, but I mean, I can, there's just, there's always kind of been a little hang up in paintball and there's always been 
a group, a little group. If you're not in that group, you're outside that fucking group, basically. And that's just how it goes. I mean, it's it's not changed. It still hasn't changed now. It's still that same way now. But it's, you know, and maybe just not as big as, as it was because there's just not as big as events or as much shit going on as there was then or even sponsors that are involved in the paintball now. I mean, I know there's paintball companies, but not like there was when there was tons of sponsors involved and you had your jersey stack full sublimated sponsors and shit, you know, it just yeah. made a lot of difference. Whether it was your local fucking barber shop or whatever, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people had sponsored shit all over their jerseys and they were they were advertising or, or helping somebody out in some way. Yep, if they can get if they can get some kind of help, yeah, they'll throw anything on the jersey. That's um, exactly right. Pertaining to the uh, the media side, I don't know what the what the regulations are, um, or or anything like that. I I do remember at one point in time, you, and it, it could be the same is true to uh, to today. Um, you couldn't record or have fifteen seconds, uh, longer than fifteen seconds of the pro field, even with an NXL pass or something. You couldn't have a a longer uh, a longer clip because they would say that you're you're videoing raw game footage. You would yeah. literally have to cut it at 15 seconds and go to a different a different view. I got you. See, I didn't know how long Ghost Sports had been commentating on X-Ball. I thought they were there from the very beginning. Well, no, because Ghost Sports wasn't introduced, I I believe, until was it? 15 or 16 i could i my dates could be totally wrong but before that yeah. was was pb access oh i got you and yeah that's that shit i mean there's a huge time gap where i wasn't even involved with paintball i only knew when i would go to a local field and break out an autococker and go and play <laughs> some just rec ball yeah. or take my nephews out or something but yeah I paint, paintball was something I was, it was in my past love, dude. I never left my heart. I just, you know, I lived in a state where there, there's not one field in the whole fucking state of West Virginia, not Jeez. one field, dude. So when I drive, I either have to go to Pittsburgh and play or I come up to level up, you know, how far is that for you for level up is three hours. Pittsburgh's an hour and a half or an hour and 40 minutes, maybe, you know, Oof. yeah, so, you know, it's a little drive when I come up to Columbus. I come up and stay at my buddy's house. He used to play for lockout, so we stay at his. I stay at his house, and we just go. We'll go to to, to level up and get down. But I like to go up there when Anthony and Scotty and other teammates of mine can play too. It makes right. a good deal for us. You know, like five of us can meet up there now. You know, we picked up Matt Askren from Level Up, who pro team, and he's he's a super good player, dude. He's yeah, super smart and. He, he he works out with our team, you know. It just we played one event with him, and and I feel like yeah, we, he's he's a real good addition for us. Yeah, it was um, level ups like two and a half for me, and uh, it's it's like just at that like okay, you know, but but it's also an outdoor. So right, the indoors are I think even further. I think the closest ones over up in Flint or something like that, but. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, it's a good group of guys, man. The the um, that whole even just being in the chat room and just seeing how you guys you know go at each other and everything and just uh, in supporting and just everything is it's a great it's a great vibe and uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Sweet, right on, brother. Um, well, hey, man. Let's uh, 
I think that's. I think we did a good job. I'm gonna pat ourselves on the back. I think that was a great. I I I love that. uh, I I was able to just pick apart your brain about the whole trauma head thing because it was. I was like grinning ear to ear just thinking about it before uh, before we got (laughs) on here because it was. It's just so nostalgic for me. Oh, dude, I loved it, man. Like I said, I feel like at some point I was trying to be a star maker for a lot of people, man. You know, if I just knew them or anything, I would be like, and if I didn't or I saw something fucked up, I'd just let you have it. Yeah, it's good, dude. Honesty, it's it's amazing, and and the realness is is amazing. Um, Like I'm saying, dude, Maddie is not just the only voice in paintball, dude. You had the uh, you had the token voice. uh, Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Carl. adrenaline james grayley's coming out with the new lux of course it's a mechanical lux and mm-hmm. uh so when you turn them on of I bet course it's gonna they be have, expensive they have tons of commands <laughs> you know like welcome to the world of lux and on and all the numbers and all so i'm getting ready to do the voiceover for it so all the adrenaline <laughs> luxes will have my voice on it and it's not going to say, welcome to the world of Lux. I can guarantee that. It's going <laughs> to say what I want it to say. Oh, my God. So it'll be immortalized on at least all those Luxes, at least. Ugh, so dude. we'll see what's up. <laughs> they should uh, they should have it where every time they pull the trigger, it says, you, you say pew. Pew, yeah, pew, pew, pew. Yeah, I'll, I'll, he said there's 100 commands on there. So oh my God. we're getting ready to set up and do the voiceovers now here in just a couple weeks. Dude, you should you should hook it up with a, a loader team. Like, hook, you know, because they, the, they can have the same technology, just have a speaker and a loader and just have a little thing where it just says, you know, you turn it on, loader on, would, loader off. I would love it, dude. Hey, we'll see how this whole Lux thing works out. Maybe I'll start marketing <laughs> my damn self. Oh, dude, that's great, man. It's it's good to see you. And um, yeah, you too, I'm, brother. I'm I really can... appreciate it, man. Yeah, dude. I uh, I got to get me one of those trauma head sweatshirts, dude. Those things are uh, sweet. Yeah, this is some vintage. This is paintball that... culture time, right? So, Clean. Yeah, get, uh, we'll see what's up, man. We'll we, figure we got it out. Some new stuff. We got some new stuff in the lines, man. Jeff's making some t-shirts and stuff already now for sure. So I think well, I'll be in line for one. Do some more hoodies and shit. So. All right, brother. I'll be the man. first one in line for you, sure. Buddy. You too, man. And uh, and be safe out there, right? All right, Bubba. Later. Right. We'll talk to you. Later. And as he walks off, he gets ripped in the back. That's my, that's my impression of Danny. Oh, dude. Thank you so much, Danny. I, I appreciate it, man. It was, uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. And as you were talking, I was just... I was imagining all the the <laughs> trauma head videos in my head, and and uh, what you guys did for the sport itself, and, and media coming up is is you know a bit amazing and will not be forgotten. I'll tell you that, man. I'll get one of those shirts. I'll rock a shirt and a sticker for show, for show. And don't don't you guys lie to yourself, man. You all watch those trauma head videos, and you. Whenever you hear his voice, you go right back to him. It's great. Love Danny. Appreciate it, bud. Uh, another everybody big shout out to Charm City Paintball and Melavio. Uh, Charm City has some. Mike has some awesome stuff over there. Make sure you check it out. Scroll through his pictures. He has um, all of his current stuff up at the moment. Uh, I'm sure he's concocting some things as we speak, though. He's always brewing up some stuff. Uh, so make sure you hit him up uh, on Facebook and Instagram and or Instagram. Message him everywhere. 
if you have his phone number, text him or call him. I'm sure he loves talking to you. Uh, and uh, and Melovio, M-E-L-L-O-V-O dot com. They got the best CBD around, man. I'm telling you guys, you need to try it out. I know there's a lot of companies out there, and a lot of people can become over- overwhelmed with the amount of product and uh, and just variety out there. But I'll tell you what, man, they make everything there, and everything is stamped and approved by them. And uh, they're just an amazing company. Products are great. They work amazingly. Uh, I have tried almost everything on the palate, and uh, and I love it, man. It's great stuff. Make sure you hit them up, and uh, make sure you use that promo code capital T P O P for ten percent off your entire order. Thank you to my sponsors, and thank you everybody out there. Much appreciated. I know I say it every time, but I mean it. I mean it every single time. Um, I miss seeing everybody's faces out there. I miss I miss going to the tournaments and seeing everybody. Uh, you know, the season's about to kick off here in a few months. And, um, you know, the national season as well as, like, ICC is going to be happening. These 10-mans are going to be happening. So hopefully all of this craziness will subside and we can have some normalcy. And maybe I'll see, you, you know, some of you guys out there and ball it up. Ball it up, brothers and sisters but I do appreciate you guys listening thank you so much Uh, please do not text and drive listen to podcasts like this one and we'll see you here again soon on the Playing On Podcast peace out